Total Media, along with Honda Suzuki Polaris, Can-Am, and KO of Jackson, are proud to present Cycle Search 2024. Cycle Search is now underway. It's twice as nice this year, with the winner receiving a YCF dirt bike, along with a Suzuki RM85 racing dirt bike. Listen daily for clues, find the key packet, and you're a winner. A special thanks to this year's sponsors, Ron's Garage and Record Service and Bob's Service Center, Mark Porter GM, the Four Winds Community, and Monroe Collision. Good luck! Ohio approved and licensed for disposal at Ron Evans Enterprises they specialize in sewage system installation and repair. Ron Evans has a full line of flex pipe, culverts concrete and plastic septic tanks sewer fittings, waterline rolls for the home American water heaters along with toilets standard and ADA. It's all at Ron Evans Enterprise LLC. Give them a call today at 1-800-537-9528 or 740-286-5930 Would you like to work closer to home, save money on gas, and be rewarded for your hard work and attendance? Then Belicio Foods is looking for you. That's right, Belicio Foods is now hiring for multiple positions and shifts with great employee benefits, an on-site health clinic, competitive wages, and advancement opportunities. Belicio Foods is a company that truly values their employees. Apply online at Beliciofoods.com slash careers. everyone and welcome to the morning show right here on Main Street TV where it is kind of a rainy Tuesday Pete it's supposed to be warm today but I'm not seeing it <laughs> okay well the, the sun isn't shining for sure no. yesterday I mean it got warm and the sun was shining I think the birds were singing and you look up at the calendar and it's spring it we, so we know beautiful. it's not but you know it's and everybody out walking in their shorts and everything yes it was just you know listen and and dad used to always say this but uh, every day that is like this is one that's not 20 degrees outside. So just enjoy. That's right. Don't think ahead. Just enjoy the moment. The moment. That's yes. right. <laughs> don't live in the future. Don't live in the past. Nope, that's right. What you that's have right. is today. So we have um, our good friend Pete Wilson here to deliver some news. And uh, also you said Jeremiah is going to stop by. Jeremiah's going to, st- he's going to stop by too. Get a little bit of a tag team there. Okay. We good appreciate deal. that. So, but anyway, uh, we're just going to follow up on a little bit of news uh, that we have uh, about the airplane crash. Uh, not a whole lot of follow-up, but, you know, whatever we do know, we do want to pass on to everybody. Uh, talk to uh, the Jackson County Airport Manager, Don Lewis, mm-hmm. and the federal investigators who were there yesterday and any uh, industry representatives, uh, plane manufacturer, motor manufacturer, mm-hmm. who might have been on the scene there at the airport yes. looking at the pieces of the wreckage and, and you know, doing their analysis and evidence, evidence collection and all, uh, they have now left the scene. They left okay. yesterday, but... Their uh, investigation and examination will continue at another site. They didn't say where. Don didn't know where. But they'll go to a secure site. I heard one report that it might be in Tennessee, but I could not get that confirmed. The West Virginia News said that, so I don't know. Right. Well, uh, wherever it is, it's not here. Yes. And uh, they will, you know, they're going to look at all angles of it on this investigation. I've looked at other files, some past things. It's very thorough, very technical. They look at everything. You know, they look at the, 
you know, they, they, they look at the pilot, they look at the weather, they look at the, they look at the conditions, they look at any, uh, they, of course, look for any eyewitnesses that might have seen sure. how the wreck occurred and all like that. And uh, they will come up with what is called a preliminary report, they being the National Transportation Safety Board, as soon as two weeks. Oh, uh, right. And wow. this would be a preliminary report, but it would be it could be, it could pretty much be not all the detail, but the substance of what their finding is on the cause of this crash. Sure. The factor or factors that, that were the cause of the crash. So, you know, we'll be uh, watching for that um, there. Uh, the meteorological evidence, of course, is already there, but it's in the past. And of course, anecdotally, uh, Sheriff Ted Frazier uh knew that it was snowing, that it was windy. The weather was pretty nasty then. I mean, it wasn't, it was cold that day anyway, but that was along the nastiest times. It was just, yeah, it was just right, right. Down there around the airport. And of course, you know, right there around the airport, it's out in the open and all. But uh, the weather, uh, there was light snow, there was some wind. And this is an important factor if uh, in the aviation, in the aviation scene, uh, the clouds were low, you know, the the sight lines the visibility was not ideal either okay and so you know if you're flying uh low you may have more obscured because of obscurity because of clouds than you would, would on a sense. on a clear day and that can make a difference uh if you're if you're having any kind of trouble flying the plane okay and remember we know for sure that the plane took off from the airport and shortly later we think it was coming back, and that's when Trying the crash occurred. Back. And that, of course, was just a quarter mile north of the airport, uh, off airport property, but very close to the inside of the airport, uh, just on the north side of Barton Road. But uh, the scene there has been closed. I think it was probably private property, but it's just less than a stone's throw off the road there. Uh, the plane hit uh, some tall grass and brush right off the road there. So, you know, no, no structural or property damage or anything like that. So anyway, we will continue to monitor that. Um, I did, uh, just for reference sake, uh, looked up to see when we had the last fatality, uh, aviation-related fatality in Jackson County. And I remember there being one and a couple I others. I remember it like it was yesterday. Right. Oh, you know about this yeah. then. Okay, well, the year... But it was 20... It was um, some years ago. Right. It was. Well, maybe you can tell us what you remember about it. But it was on April 26, 2003, and it was right around the yeah. airport. Two people were killed, a I flight instructor yep. and the training pilot. I'm not sure who was flying. And the report that I saw honestly had no names. But uh, this was 21, almost 21 years mm. ago. Yep. And the plane was going to try to simulate an emergency landing because it was a teaching thing. Yes. And something happened, and uh, the airplane went out of control, hit some trees, and then crashed. So you remember that? I do. I you know, lived there at the, where I live now, so I remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, it was interesting. I was talking with someone that I knew uh, was at that site mm -hmm. um, over the weekend, and we were talking about that very thing but i think it was two gentlemen from i think they had come up from like north carolina or something they right. were not from here and they were practicing um takeoffs and landings and things like that and um uh, they unfortunately crashed there uh, behind a home on barton road mm -hmm. uh, yeah 
no, not Barton, uh, Hanley Road. Hanley Road. Hanley okay. Road. And um, yeah, I, it's crazy. I just, I remember it like it was yesterday. Right. And, and you know, when, there, when these um, disasters occur, uh, tragic, of course, you know, uh, crashing in an airplane is worse than crashing in a car, obviously, because of, uh, you know, the descent and For the sure. speed and all like that and, and the distance of when you're out of control. But uh, one of the things that you always take away from it, you know, you always want to find out what happened to try to learn from it for future situations. But whenever a plane crashes, you know, there's no guarantee it's going to land in brush like it did this time. Correct. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it is kind of in a fairly remote area, but not too far away. A lot of houses there on Hanley Lots Road and off Keystone yep. Station Road. And, it, you know, that would have made this tragic situation even worse. But anyway... That, uh, that being said, uh, our updated report, I did update a little bit from what we had online, uh, will be in the print version of the Telegram tomorrow, and we will be updating the story online as well with a few extra facts from what we learned yesterday and also uh, that little bit of history uh, from the last uh, uh, aviation-related fatality. And, uh, of course, this wasn't in Vinton County, but we remember in Vinton County just a year or so ago, I did not look up the date to, to pin that down for television, but remember that medical helicopter crashed yeah. up there near the I Lake do. Hope area. Yes. Uh, after uh, it was flying between Meigs County and one of the hospitals in Columbus, weather was horrible. Uh, I, I think they did say that was maybe weather-related. Right, and well. that, was, that, was a, that was a medical helicopter, and... Uh, Everybody that was on board, it wasn't a lot of people, maybe three were all killed. Mm -hmm. That was the one, of course, that was fairly recent in our kind of our local yeah. local news coverage area. All right, talking about some of the other news going on, kind of a, kind of have a, has a smorgasbord of, of things, good and bad. Um, one of the developments at last night's Jackson City Council meeting, there were a number of things that we'll talk about, you know, uh, later, but for now, one of, the, one of the issues that got addressed last night, it was actually in a, a meeting of the Jackson City Zoning Board of Appeals that took place just before the council meeting. Okay. And it was about the proposal of the Jackson City Schools um, to build a new concession stand slash restroom building there on the site yeah. where the current concession stand is. And we're talking down there uh, on the... Uh, southwest corner of the middle school football field that concession stand that's there now there it is thank you yes. hayden i didn't turn i didn't send that today and he pulled that up from Thanks, before hayden. that's wonderful so any any jackson football fan or middle school fan or people that go by the school they recognize this building it's <laughs> that just building's been there a few just years <laughs> the fence on the corner of euron and vaughn and the proposal is uh, between school district money, sideliners money, and other donations. They've already got a nice donation from the Jackson Area Kiwanis Club. Yes. They want to rebuild this building, make it a little larger. It will have the concession stand. It will have a sheltered ticket booth, which they don't have now. Yep. And most importantly, it will have men's and women's restrooms. Yes. Right now at the middle school, and this is the downside, middle school football field gets used a lot uh, for the peewee program and also mm -hmm. for the middle school football teams. No... Uh, no restrooms in the two buildings that are on the football field itself. Yes. In the old days, you went into the school to do well, that. You don't do that now. I was going to say, I mean, that's, yeah, you had to kind of go over and into, yeah, the school or the locker room or something. I can't remember exactly right. you, what you it was. You had to walk a little while, and they yeah. don't do that anymore for some reason, maybe uh, security things, especially Probably. on the non-school days. But they use porta potties, and uh, you know a lot of people complain Ew, about that, yeah. right? So, but nothing against porta potties. It's just you know it's not like the same as having a flush, flush yeah. toilet restroom. But um, 
anyway, at the Zoning Board of Appeals meeting, the issue was they, the building, because they were going to have restrooms and they wanted to be nicer, it was going to be bigger. It was kind of on a small plot where this concession stand is now, and they were going to have to have the zoning board approve what they call uh, a different setback. Because normally you have to have be so many feet, uh, you know, off the off the street and yes. off the, back on your property. So there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a buffer zone there. Uh, they wanted to change the setback to a zero setback, so it was right up to the property line. I think that the city and all was okay with wanting to have this building. They didn't want to cause a problem, but there was a safety issue involved uh, oh. on one side. Uh, and Brian Moore, who is the president of the school board and also the owner-operator of Brian Moore Construction, yeah. and all that man is doing is being willing to build this at cost right. on the labor part of it. He even agreed after examining the issue uh, on site on, on Monday afternoon, if you're driving on Vaughn Street and you're approaching the Euron Street intersection and you want to take a right, if that building is closer to Vaughn Street than it is now, a big uh, vehicle like a bus or a semi cannot see around the corner until you get out into the intersection. So okay. the line of sight, they feel if the building uh, was closer to Vaughn Street would be a safety, a safety hazard. Okay. So... Here's what they decided to do uh, on the recommendation of the service director and even the agreement of Brian Moore uh, with the schools and uh, being the contractor. Um, the decision was they would allow a zero setback off Vaughn Street. So it will be closer to Vaughn Street, but it will not be any closer to Euron Street to allow for the same line of sight that is there now. So do they have to change the way the building is going to be? Good, good question. Built? I asked Brian that, and, and basically, because, uh, you know, if they thought they couldn't get a setback, they thought one of two things. They either couldn't do the project or they'd have to build it on the Somewhere other else. end of the football field. Right. But they want it there because if there's restrooms there, the baseball field people can use it because there's that no there's sense. no building over there. They have to go to porta potties down down the first base line and what. It's a little bit of a trip. Yeah, and it's a porta potty too. Yeah. Remember, they don't get good reviews, unfortunately. So that's why they wanted the building to stay where it was. One of the reasons. So what Brian Moore told me was they can make the building just a little bit smaller and go along with the setback being the same as it is on, okay. on the Duron Street side. The restrooms just won't be quite as big. There will be men's and women's restrooms, not as many urinals and stalls okay. as there would have been, but more than hey, what they have now. something's better than nothing, right? right? More, more than what they have now, which is zero. None, yeah. So there's one other issue that has nothing to do with the city, that it has to do with the state, and they're going to have to work this out. After all those years, uh, I don't know whether they didn't have these kind of reviews or regulations in 1959 when they built that building, but not all of that property is in the floodplain, but where that building is is in the floodplain. Which makes no sense. Has that ever flooded? I can never remember. I remember water being on the baseball field. Oh, for sure. But I can never remember water being inside that fence on the football field. I can't remember the other. Doesn't matter. It's in the floodplain, and that changes what you can do building-wise. You have to elevate the floors and, and do different things. You can build on there, but you have to get the state approval. And being a businesswoman who has been involved in construction, you know <laughs> that you just don't make a call and get it done, right? Uh, no. 
Right. Uh, so not, not anywhere close to that. <laughs> well, Brian Moore has been uh, jumped through those hoops before. He believes that they can get the approval, make the building alterations uh, because of the uh, the setback. Okay. The, the setback that will remain in place, and also because of the floodplain, just have to get all the state approvals for that. And he thinks he can still get it built by the time football field uh, comes around in the fall. Okay. Apparently, wow, apparently, that's aggressive. Appar- apparently, they feel that the that the money part of it is going to be okay. They didn't say they're still collecting money. Maybe they still are, but uh, it's school money. A big sideliners donation, the sideliners club being the support group for the Jackson football, sure. and they also run the Pee Wee program. So that's a partnership. And they've already got a donation from the Jackson Area Kiwanis Club. And when this news first went out, uh, really uh, almost six weeks ago that they were going to do this, they asked for community donations. They may have gotten others, smaller donations that sure. we don't know about yet. So anyway, that's where that stands, and that was kind of decided last night. The building project will go through. The building will have to be a little smaller than it was going to be, but it will have everything that it was supposed to have uh, when they talked about it in the beginning. Good deal. All right. Okay, it's the political season. And, Jennifer, do you remember this? (laughs) Four years ago, four years ago, this was in Vinton County, Jackson County, Ross County. I think it may have even went into Lawrence County as well. They had what they called a Trump parade. Oh, I remember. You can guess what that is, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it is supporters of uh, a former president, Donald Trump. They uh-huh. did it in 2020 when he was I running for a second it, term. Yeah. They're going to do it this year, too. It's going to be this Saturday. And the man who's kind of behind it, and I think he's got some support, political support from others, is Mark Fout. He is the Vinton County Commissioner, but this isn't a commissioner thing. I want to make that clear. This is a Mark Fout Trump supporter thing. Okay. Uh, he lives in Vinton County, of course. And they're going to start the so-called Trump parade, which anybody can be in. You don't have to. Uh, uh, you don't have to register. You don't have to give money up front. Uh, you don't have to go through any application process. You don't have to prove you're a Trump supporter or even a Republican. <laughs> anybody can be in it. But obviously, it is to show support for the re-election bid of President Trump, and also for the man in general. All right. So it's going to start uh, at what they call the test pavement slab in Vinton County. They know what that is. I had to ask. But it's one mile inside the Vinton County line near the Ross County line on US 50, all the way on the western end of the county. It's where they've done some pavement testing for new paving on US Route 50, and everybody calls it the everybody calls it the uh, super slab. That's what they call it. Super slab. So anyway, it's on US 50, <laughs> one mile east of the Ross County line in Vinton County. So the Trump parade. It can be cars, it can be trucks, it can be motorcycles, and I guess any conveyance that you can keep up with. Don't think you need to walk, though, because don't, it's a Don't long walk line. or ride your horse. Right, and they want flags. It can be, they want American flags. They want, uh, you know, support the police flags. Whatever flag you want, you can have, but they want a lot of American flags to show the patriotism and the Americanism okay. part, the nationalism part. It's going to start right there on U.S. Route 50, almost all the way uh, to Ross County. It's going to go westward on U.S. Route 50 in the MacArthur. It's going to make the turn at the traffic light right <laughs> on State Route 93, and it's going to roll south uh, through Hamden, through Wellston, through all of Wellston, going to make that right turn on 93 when you go from Wellston to Colton, going to go into Colton, make that left turn to Jackson, staying on 93. Is there still the light there? 
or is that not there anymore? The, the <laughs> there's a stop sign there. Oh, in Colton. it used to be a light. Yeah. Now you have to be careful because it's kind of a three-way stop. But, yeah. But anyway, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna roll through Colton. Uh, on down 93 to Jackson. They're going to get off 93 at the 32, at State Route 32, and come into Jackson, the way I understand it, on the 32 exit on Main Street, on that end of town, you know, by, okay. by La Rosa's yeah, and yeah. like that. Okay. So they're going to come there, going to take a ride on 93, and that's Main Street, of course, and they're going to roll right through the center of town, the Trump parade. And then it's going to go out of town and get on U.S. Route 35, Go to Richmondale, turn at the Richmondale exit, back to Londonderry, uh, east of Richmondale, and head back to the same place that, okay, that they so started. Full circle. It is. Um, it will start at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Anybody can go. Uh, it will be. Um, it will be. They expect it to. Uh, they expect it to take. Um, Got to look here at the distance here. They expect it that it will take one hour and 20 minutes, and we don't know how many people will go because you don't have to register. Sure. But last year, there were 300 vehicles, approximately 300 vehicles. Really? Right. Oh and when it went through Jackson, That's I don't remember this. I remember doing some video then. It was 31 minutes long because it's not like, you know, if someone wants to take off, well, I'll just go to Hamden and I'll go that sure. far. Sure. I'll but catch it, up with Jackson, them. In Jackson, it was 31 minutes long. That was kind of in the middle. It's going to be not as long as it was last year. I think it went all the way into Oak Hill and maybe even farther south mm. last time. But it's not going to do that this time. And at the beginning, and you'll like this because you're a dog lover, uh, they will take donations. And if you give a $20 donation uh, to the Benton County Dog Pound, and that's what it is, you don't have to do it, you have the satisfaction of knowing you helped the Dog Pound, plus you will receive a free Trump flag. If you give $50 to the dog pound, you get a Trump flag and a Trump hat. Whoa. So uh, that, that's the way it works. They want to help the dog pound, too. And they are urging they are urging everybody, not that you have to do this either. Probably many people will not, but they're mentioning it as one of the elements of it. They have timed it. So everybody, if they want to support the Hamden Fire Department in their big chicken noodle dinner, which is from 3 to 7 p.m., after the parade, you can roll in and have your chicken noodles. Oh, heck yeah. And support the fire department. Awesome. And that, of course, is at the Hamden Fire Station. We may say more about that if I have time. But anyway, so that's the Trump parade on Saturday. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that should be a hoot and a half. Right, right. Well, it, it, it will be very visual, I can guarantee you. Mm -hmm. but, but anyway, so, so if you, we're warning you ahead of time because if you don't know that's coming and that's rolling, you know, you're going, what in the heck is going on? <laughs> what are these people You know, doing? A, a parade about the size of the smaller Apple Festival right. parade. <laughs> Okay, but anyway, so that is on Saturday, 1 o'clock. So starting in Vinton County, rolling into Jackson County, back into Ross County, and then back to the starting line there uh, in western Vinton County. All right, uh, speaking of Vinton County, um, they had uh, the, when the, at a recent meeting, uh, the commissioners talked with uh, the Southern Ohio Forest Rally Chairman, Jeremiah Johnson. Okay. I don't know whether you've heard of him or not, but he is the wheel that kind of sets everything up for the Southern Ohio Forest Rally. Down here in Jackson County, we may not be quite as familiar with it, but the folks in Vinton County are. Oh, heck yeah, this, they are. That is Jeremiah Johnson sitting there talking to the commissioners from the left, sitting at the table is Commissioner William Wellman, Commissioner Mark Fount, who we just referenced, and Commissioner Tim Eberts. And Jeremiah was uh, promoting ahead of time this year's Southern Ohio Forest Rally. It is going to be uh, June 
it's going to be the it's going to be the second week of June, and the last day is Saturday, June eighth, and that's the day they'll be in Vinton County. Last year, and I've not got confirmation on this, so I'm going to qualify what I'm going to say. But normally, it starts in Ross County on either a Wednesday or Thursday, goes into Scioto County, and then to Vinton County on the last day, which is Saturday, June the eighth. Okay. They will do some kind of demonstration. In downtown Vinton County, where they have those cars parked, you can see the racing cars uh, firsthand. And this year, they didn't have this man last year, but they will have Travis Pastrana back. Mm-hmm. He is uh, a national motor car motor car racing star. That name, I'll admit, was Greek to me, but a lot of people oh, knew who yeah, he was. Oh yeah, he's very well. Who are racing fans, and he will be there to sign autographs and meet people. So that cool. will be a real tourist attraction. That will be in the afternoon in downtown MacArthur. I'm sure they'll close a section of the street down there. Then later in the day, they will do the last stage of the race, which is on the forest roads up in the Zaleski State Forest. And, you know, this is a spectator thing. You just have to find a good place to watch the cars. But anyway, this is a big impact. Uh, You know, it's a fun thing, and I know it's a sport thing for the spectators, but Jeremiah Johnson said that that weekend of racing uh, for Vinton and Ross counties, and of course they expect Vinton County to benefit, especially downtown MacArthur, $1.8 million economic impact from the people that visit and spend money in Vinton County, and that would include, of course, all the people co- who come in on, of course. on the racers, whether they're spectators or participants. So once again, that date will be Saturday, June the 8th. So that will be that is coming in Vinton County. All right, we want to congratulate our uh, a friend of ours. Remember, we talked about Ashley Aldridge mm-hmm. being the new city recreation director. There she is. Well, she is going to be a busy girl. She is also, of course, the director of the Lillian Jones Museum yes. in Jackson. She's going to do both jobs. Oh my! And she'll be especially busy in the summer because that's you know when yeah, when that's when the ball teams are playing. That's when the pool is because being the pool manager is part of that job now. Oh, okay. But the reason we're putting her picture up is she has been named a member of the Ohio Museums Association's fellowship program. She will benefit by this, and so will the museum. Uh, she is one of ten persons in the whole state wow. to be named. Uh, to a member of this fellowship. Uh, the participants of this uh, program is called Empowering Museum Voices Fellowship Program. It began in January and will continue through the whole year. And the purpose of it is it's going to connect this statewide association, the Ohio Museum Association, with 10 fellows. And Ashley is one of those fellows. That is cool. From backgrounds historically underrepresented in the museum field due to historic exclusion. That's their words. This includes, but is not limited to, uh, community uh, the, the disabilities community, Appalachian communities, rural communities, lower-income communities, LBBTQ communities, and justice-impacted citizens. I know we qualify on the Appalachian. Uh, definitely. But any, anyway, um, this will provide access, professional development resources to each one of these fellows. So Ashley will benefit um, by the resources the education, the direction that professionals in the museum business and profession can give her. That is so, really... you know, I know it's a great learning experience for Ashley, and she is a teacher, so I know that she will value that. But mm-hmm. uh, this is made possible through grants to the Ohio Museum Association by the Ohio Humanities Council and the Ohio Arts Council. And um, Ashley, 
uh, is one of only 10 persons in the state uh, to get this. She will uh, get a chance to uh, learn from them, and also, on the other way, she'll get a chance to communicate, as, as will the other nine fellows, the problems that these museum directors have in their particular areas and how they need help and what people at the Ohio Museum Association could do to support them okay. and make their uh, museums better. So very, cool. very nice. So congratulations to Ashley Aldridge. Good deal. Okay. Um, Pete, let's pause for a the moment weather. and um, we can uh, hear from our friends of Vinton County Bank and then we'll let's be back. That. Let's do that. If Hayden pushes. At Vinton County National Bank, we believe in supporting the areas where we live and work. Now, we'd like to honor those who also serve our communities. Our new Community Champions account is especially for first responders, veterans, active military, and anyone employed in the fields of healthcare or education. This account offers rewards, discounts, and other benefits to those who give so much to others. Vinton County National Bank, rewarding those who serve. And we are back today. The weather forecast. Um, this is like a very manic weather forecast. 60, 69? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's supposed to be around, yeah, near 70 today. Doesn't feel like that outside uh, right now at the moment. But, uh, yeah, so some warm temperatures today. That rain uh, off and on all day long. Now look at tomorrow. I see that. The, yeah. The floor is going to fall. It's <laughs> like the, the Sybil of weather forecasts. Um so, yeah, so we're going to start tomorrow with highs in the mid-60s. By the time the evening rolls around, they're saying down into the 40s overnight. So we're going to have a swing tomorrow, Pete, of about 40 degrees. We're going to be down to 24 overnight tomorrow night with flurries. Right. If you have an indoor outdoor cat, let it out, but make I, sure you let it back yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. And then it just goes on from there. This weather forecast is so insane. It isn't any wonder everybody. 64 has to 24. To 24. Uh, how about that? Yep. Tomorrow. Right. Well, what do, they, the what, what do they say about Ohio weather? If you wait around, it'll change. Yeah, right. You get everything. It, you don't have to wait very long this long. time. You are exactly right on that. All right. Well, one more thing on the Lillian Jones Museum. Uh, this is a great thing for young people. Uh, we've advertised it in the paper, and we want to say it on Main Street TV as well. Uh, of course, Ashley's this, the recreation director, and she's going to get a little help. They've allowed for a little help for her this summer there at the museum. Okay. She, they are seeking the museum a summer intern. Oh, perfect. They will be accepting applications until March the 8th. So, you know, that's only a little bit more than a week away. Okay. The program is open to recent high school graduates and college students interested in museum studies and archiving. The position will run from nine weeks, June the 4th through August the 1st, 15 hours a week of work at $14 an hour during the museum hours of Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday each week. If you're interested in applying, uh, there is a QR code, or you can stop by the museum through an application. That QR, there it is up that on QR the, code on was published, by the way, and Hayden found that somehow because I didn't send it to him. Thank you, Hayden. So uh, that's how you apply for the position. You can also show up at the museum. It's at 75 Broadway Street, if you haven't been there before right at the corner of uh, Broadway and Broad. What a great opportunity. And actually should be there, or somebody's there, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Tuesday through Thursday. Yeah. You can also do applications by email, 
and or you can get an application and drop it in the mail slot and she'll get it that way. All right, speaking of the youth, the, they have announced the date for the Little Miss Apple Festival Aww. contest. It is, <laughs> it is when it has always been traditionally, and that is on the Friday, the night before the Big Apple Festival, Queen Time. Yes. I should never... I, it's always I, Easter It always weekend. comes out of my mouth big, but the I girls know. aren't necessarily big. No. <laughs> they probably aren't as a Older. <laughs> Older, yes. But uh, Jaffe has announced that the 2024 Little Miss Apple Festival Queens Contest, it'll sneak up on you because Easter is early this year. It's going to be Friday, March the 29th at Jackson Middle School starting at 7 p.m. And uh, this, news re- this news report and Facebook post triggered the application process. We just received this yesterday. Uh, But uh, if you want to be a contestant uh, or you want your little girl to be a contestant, uh, all Jackson County residents, uh, misses between the ages of five and seven, can compete uh, if they're ages five to seven uh, by Saturday, September 21st. You know, you're age eligible to participate. And Friday, March 29th is... Uh, Friday night, Saturday night, they'll do the Miss Apple Festival contest mm-hmm. for the older girls. And all contest applications for Little Miss Apple Festival must be completed and hand-delivered to the Jaffe Building on McCarty Lane across from Walmart uh, and next to the Vinton County National Bank on Saturday, March the 9th. You don't have a real big turnaround time to decide and get your application yeah. in. And you can also do it Saturday, March 16th from 1 to 3 p.m. On those two Saturdays, consecutive Saturdays, the 9th and the 16th at the Jaffe Building from 1 to 3. No late entries will be accepted. Entry forms are available. Here's where you can get them. Ohio Valley Bank, Andrews Prom and Bridal, all the grade schools in Jackson County. That's Jackson, Wellston, and Oak Hill, and here at Total Media. And Katie Jones, once again, is organizing that as she has in recent years. Okay. And, of course, on the Apple Festival Queens Contest, we'll remind you on that. That contest is on Saturday evening, March the 30th. The application process started earlier for that. However, there's still time uh, to, uh, to get your application in. Uh, your application, your entry forms, uh, your entry forms have to, have to be uh, in uh, on Saturday, March the 2nd at the Jaffe Building. That's coming this Saturday between the hours of 1 and 2. So you have to get an application and complete it and take it to the Jaffe Building on that time. Okay. No late entries will be accepted. Then there's going to be a meeting on March the 10th at 2 p.m. Uh, to give the contestants who have successfully applied more information about sure. the process. And remember, that'll we're just, what, four or five weeks away from the contest. Can you believe that? It is crazy. Okay. So uh, Jeremiah will be in a little bit, so we'll move quickly here on a couple other things. We do want to tell you that the early in-person voting uh, is continuing. Mm-hmm. The hours at, at the Board of Elections are 8 to 5 p.m., and that is longer than it usually is, just to, by a little bit. Those hours will stay the same through next week, and then the Saturday following this Saturday, which will be March the 9th, it will actually be open on the weekend, and the week after that, on the weekdays, longer hours, and we'll tell you all about that. The early in-person voting for the March 19th primary is underway, as is the application process. All right. Um, we, hey, we want to say something about the recent Hug Your Heart Day. I wanted to say this the last time, but I couldn't because we ran out of time. 
we have to mention the Hug Your Heart Day because it's such a popular thing. It is It is geared to the senior citizens, and Red Thompson was there to cover it, and they had it appropriately (laughs) on Valentine's Day. Oh, I love that. Wednesday, February 14th. Oh, great. The YMCA is involved that, but uh, Florence Curtis, who is with Holzer Health System, Holzer is really the main sponsor, and Florence Curtis is the girl that makes it happen with a lot of help. Mm-hmm. But uh, here are some of the folks from Holzer. Holzer had a great representation there for mm-hmm. Hug Your Heart Day. Uh, this group here from the left, uh, if you put that back up there, Hayden, we'll say who they are. Um, yeah, those three ladies. There you go. Rose Congrove, uh, Gina Bryant, and Michelle Childers are there. Uh, they're smiling big, so we wanted to put them on TV. Love and that. uh they did a lot of other fun things there. The Wellston line dancers were there. They are. They have a good time. Oh, and, and they're seniors. Many of those, if not all of them, are senior citizens themselves. They're out of Wellston, and they provided some live entertainment there. Mm-hmm. They stepped pretty. Uh, no hip replacements there. They're all ready to go. Uh, that We know who that is. That is Rockin' Reggie. Is there anybody who has I, a better time? No. On, he's awesome. On, on the PA work and the, and the, disc, and the disc jockey spinning. Uh, that's Rockin' Reggie. He's, he was there to kind of be the PA person as well. And uh, they played bingo. Uh, that's always a popular thing. And best yet, how about a free lunch? They had a free lunch. And here's what they said. Could not believe it because I've popped in at different Hug Your Hearts because it used to be at the YMCA. Uh, and now it's at Parks Edge Event Center. They said this was the biggest crowd they've ever had. That's awesome. And, you know, they, they used to always do it in February in conjunction with Valentine's Day and Heart Month. And then COVID and a couple other things, they decided to move it back to April. Well, it's back to February again. And Valentine's Day is the day that you want to have Love it. that. So we had that in the paper already, but we wanted to acknowledge how successful it was on television. Uh, I have to, uh, we got a good picture on this, so I, I can't pass this one up. I need to know... Jennifer, have you ever competed in the Lake Hope State Park tree hugging competition? <laughs> no, but it sounds fun. Well, they have it, and here, it, here is photographic evidence Stop. right there. I, I don't know whether these are the last two contestants or not, and I didn't get a set of instructions, but I presume the goal is to hug a tree for as long as you can before <laughs> you pass out. That. You know, so good. I, or maybe it's the biggest tree that you... I don't know what it is, but it's a tree-hugging competition, <laughs> and they had more than 50 people take part. No! And this was on uh, Saturday, February the 17th. As you can see, there was a little bit of weather That's that was going awesome. on there. But uh, freezing temperatures and snow globe effects is what they said. Uh, highlights included uh, the 2023 biggest hug champion defending his title with another win against stiff comp competitors, uh, multiple over six-minute hugs during this most dedicated event, and they served free hot chocolate for everyone. Oh, that's good. So a six-minute hug, what do you think? I in, think that's... Now, in bad weather. Listen, I, if, and it looks like they had to keep their feet off the ground. So if you're just hanging on a tree for six minutes, that would be really, really difficult. Yes, it, it certainly would be. It certainly would be. Uh, a couple other things we want to tell you about. We just picked this up uh, from Angie uh, Sexton Eisenogle. Uh-huh. She is she is the queen of the queens yes. for the Jackson County Fair Board. Yes. Uh, she handles uh, all the arrangements for the que- annual Queens contest, and she is the person that makes things go during the fair itself. And while she donates a lot of her time, she is a member of the fair board. Yes. But uh, 
they will have their contest uh, in April for uh, for the fair for this year's Fair Queens contest. But the application process is already underway, and to make it easier for everybody who might want to be a contestant. On Monday, March the 4th at 6 p.m. at the Jackson County Extension Office, they're having what they're calling an application workshop. That is where you can learn a little bit more about the process. If you have any uh, worries about filling out the application correctly, they can show you how to do it. Angie will be there, and the 2023 Jackson County Fair Queen, Madeline Fannin, will be there. Very good. Uh, but uh, this year, the deadline for contest applications is Thursday, March the 21. March the 21st, you have to have your applications in by 4.30 at the Jackson County Extension Office. All right, uh, on the sports side, there's one thing that we want to say. There's a young lady from Wellston. She is a senior. She's a very accomplished athlete, and I know a student as well. Her name is Kimmy Aubrey. Yes. And there is Kimmy right there. Uh, she is uh, second from the right, sitting at the table in the red shirt. Yep. And she's from Wellston, but she's wearing a red shirt because she's going to be a, a Rio Red Storm golfer. That's awesome. So congratulations to Kimmy Aubrey. Uh, I can tell you that uh, she is such uh, a cool kid. She's an outstanding student athlete, a very good in track, as mm-hmm. we will see when the new yes. season comes around. Also a very good basketball player. But in the fall, and this is off the beaten track, you don't hear much about some of the other fall sports, but she is a great golfer yes. as well. And so she will. She signed a national letter of intent there to go to uh, the University of Rye Grand State, close to home, and play golf Love while that. getting an education. So congratulations to Kimmy. Also, we want to remind you that the second uh, program in the Lenten lunches yes. will be uh, tomorrow noon at the First Baptist Church of Jackson. That's the big white church by the library. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Cove Wesleyan Church will be doing all the work. That means uh, preparing and providing the soup and sandwich lunch, which mm-hmm. is the first thing at noon. And then the, the, uh, somebody from the church or recruited by the church will do a brief program. Yes. They do this in an hourly format from 12 to 1 with the idea that, you know, even if you're a working person, this can be your lunch hour. You'll get fed and then also reminded that this is the Lenten season and that Palm Sunday and Easter are coming up, and we should never forget that. All right. So, And that will continue through Lent, with the last one being on Wednesday, March the 20th. Also, don't know a whole lot about this, but this is a little different, so we want to mention it. The first in-person Cat Cove meeting will be held this evening. The Cat Cove meeting. It will be held. It's a a movement. It will be an in-person meeting uh, tonight from 6 p.m. until 7.30 at the Wellston City Building in the Wellston City Council Chambers. This is what I know. I know little more than this. The organizers are working to obtain a nonprofit 501c3 status, nonprofit. The group wants to go after grant funding to build a cat sanctuary. The group is asking everyone to bring their ideas to the meeting. Committees will be formed. A phone tree will be organized. There will be brainstorming and planning. For more information, check out the Cat Cove page on Facebook. Oh, cool. So, Good now, for you haven't all. haven't we heard in all our local communities the oh, problems about cat. too many cats? We all love cats. Some people don't love cats, especially the stray cats that, you know, invade their property yeah. and cause problems and kill song, songbirds and all that. So, um, of course, you know, the, the, the animal shelters and the dog pounds don't do anything with cats. They just do it with dogs. But we have all these cats, too. Sure. And so um, this is another solution 
type meeting, the Cat Cove meeting tonight okay. in Wellston from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Also, we want to mention that the uh, Festival of Flags uh, is and the uh, Madison Jefferson Firefighters Association is doing a leap year prize bingo event. Now, the Firefighters Association does bingo on a regular basis. It's one of their big fundraisers. But the Festival of Flags does a great job raising money not only for the festival, but their big project, service project kind of, is to provide ride passes for all the kids at Oak Hill Elementary School so they can come to the festival. There's a vested interest because it gets people to the festival and their families. Sure. But it's also, obviously, to treat the kids. It's good, yeah. They have got a lot of community and business donations in the past. I know they will again. But they're also, God bless them, trying to raise the money themselves by having fundraising events. And so the Leap Year Prize Bingo event, and they know how to do bingo down in Oak Hill, it will be this Thursday uh, at the Madison Jefferson Bingo Hall on Main Street, 5.45 p.m. The doors will open. The first ball will be pulled at 6.30 p.m. There will also be a penny auction as well. And once again, this will support the Oak Hill Festival of Flags. All right. um, I'm going to have... uh, uh, Mr. Jeremiah Shaver, come in after I tell you one other thing. If you want to make a nomination for the Jackson City Schools Hall of Honor, that's the highest honor the school district has. Okay. You have until this Friday to get your nomination to the school district officials so it can be considered then by the nominating committee. Okay. There's a nominating committee and a selection committee, but they do want public in- input. But anyway, nomination, nominees should be individuals who have contributed to the Jackson City Schools through service or other means and those who have brought honor to the schools through their achievements. Nominations should provide a detailed description as why this individual should be selected and this information should be returned to the Jackson City Schools uh, at the administration building, 450 Vaughn Street. That's on the Jackson High School campus. You know, you're going up the hill and you go to the right. Mm -hmm. A nomination committee will screen the nominations submitted. The nomination committee will have their own nominations, plus the public nominations. They will go to a selection committee who will select the final inductees, up to three, no more than three every year. Okay. All right. Jeremiah Shaver is itching to go on as he has been very busy covering a whole lot of stuff. Yes, he has. And so much that when we had him on uh, last Friday, he couldn't do it all. So he's back. Okay. Well, good deal. Well, while Jeremiah is coming on, let's give the cycle search clue for today. Um, Thanks, Pete. Uh, Today is February 27th, and the clue goes near or far, wherever it may be, to win the two bikes, find the packet, Oh, finding the packet is necessary. Okay. Got all that? Got it all. Make so sure you write it be down. near or far. <laughs> right. It could be near or far. So what you're saying is it can be near or far. Near or far. So there you go. Just be sure to write it down. Yep. That's what we said last time. That's exactly right. So Pete's, Pete's left me 10 minutes here and... I don't think I'm gonna get through everything that I have in my stack, Jen. But we'll we'll start and we'll see how far how that? far we get. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I we can always pick up again, I guess, later in the week. Sure, so, absolutely. Um, wanted to touch on so earlier this month, Colton Village Council met for the first time. Okay. Um, I think I was on and we had talked about how they weren't able to meet in January. Um, they thought that they didn't have enough members to meet. Yeah. So they had to wait for the mayor to appoint. It had actually turned out that after looking at the higher revised code um, closer, they could have met because the available members um, that they did have elected, it was enough that they could have had a quorum. Oh, 
to me. So, but everything's okay now. Um, they had their first meeting earlier this month. Um, they went from, so they did meet twice a month and now they're going to only be meeting once a month. And it's okay. the first, first Tuesday of the month at seven o'clock at the Colton village building. And, um, during this meeting, there was a number of things that happened. Um, one of them that they, um, discussed was an ordinance and, uh, this, uh, ordinance, they had a first reading for this ordinance and it's to increase fees associated with certain water services in the village. Okay. And, um, I'll tell you a little bit about this. They haven't, they haven't passed this yet. They just had a first reading. So, Typically, you know, they have a first reading, second reading, and then it passes on the third. Sure. Sometimes they can pass it on the second, um, but they kind of wanted to put it out there. Uh, Colton will meet this coming week on Tuesday, so just wanted to mention this. Um, so the two things they are looking at is the schedule of fees for turning on water service after a shutoff, and then the initial turn on of water services for new customers are the two services that they're looking at increasing the fees. And it was determined that the fees currently set for those services, um, it's, it's not enough, and they need to increase those so that it would be enough. Um, the uh, Colton Utilities Clerk, that's Elizabeth Ann Cumston, she had explained that the cost to have your water turned back on after it had been shut off is currently $25. She said that the new ordinance, if passed, will make changes related to the fees. Um, so if the new one passes, this is what hap- what will happen. Residents would see no charge after the first instance of having their, you know, say you have your water shut off and you have to have it turned back on. Mm-hmm. Well, you won't be charged anything to have it turned back on that first time. Okay. However, the next time the fees would start. So the second time it's going to cost you $30. The third time, $60. The fourth time and thereafter, it's going to cost you $90 to have your water trim back on if you've had it shut off. Oh, my. Off. That's a lot. Right. And um, those that want same day turning of the water services back on after a shutoff, so they come and shut it off today, and you want it turned on back on that same day, it's going to cost you an additional $25. So I think they're just doing this to try to make sure people are paying their sure. water bill. Pay That's bill. what it sounds like to yeah. me. I mean... I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know, pay that amount of money to have it turned back on. I think I'd just pay my bill. Right. So, and then, um, and then on the um, folks, you know, say, say say somebody moves to the village and they uh, get water put into their name, that, that, that's called a water service fee. So it was a hundred dollars, and they've just increased it to one hundred and twenty-five. Okay. So just added twenty-five dollars to that, and uh, that's non-refundable. And, um, but anyway, Colton Mayor, uh, Jim Milliken didn't want to have council pass it right away. Uh, he wanted to give residents the opportunity to voice any concerns if they wish to do so. But a second reading of that ordinance will take place at the council meeting this coming week, Tuesday, March 5th. Okay. And they do have the option if they have enough members present because they had three and they had appointed a fourth. And if they have enough uh, present, they can, um, Pass that by emergency if they choose to, if they haven't heard any, you know, feedback, okay. I guess. Yeah. Uh, we touched real quickly last time. I didn't get to get into it uh, about the world's largest acorn. Yeah. So um, <laughs> during the meeting uh, earlier, this was earlier this month as well, because they meet once a month. It's usually the second Monday of the month. 
that the um, Oak Hill Chamber of Commerce meets. They kind of gave a little little update on the world's largest acorn. Um, the president is Curtis Strickland, and he had shared during the meeting that he had visited Raymar Metal Fabricating to check on the fabrication of the acorn. Mm-hmm. That's the folks that are building this yeah. huge thing. So um, he said that the he said half of the world's largest acorn is put together, and he said it's looking awesome. Cool. And he said that um, he said it's huge, and he said it should be because it's the world's largest. <laughs> he said, you know, <laughs> see it in so person, fun. it's just you know. He said it's just massive. <laughs> and um, he said so the so the bottom half it's been framed and the metal has been welded on, and they're getting ready to start the top half. And he said it's looking great. He said that the folks at Rumar told him that the acorn will weigh over a ton. Oh my God. When it's all said and done. How are they going to move that sucker? Well, I said there will be some heavy machinery to help yeah. get it over to, because it'll be located in Central Memorial Park, yeah. like we discussed before, but they'll have to pour some footers and stuff to support sure. the weight Support the weight of that. And um, he, he said that they uh, had asked the business to keep track of all the stats, you know, that way they can put a sign up to say, you know, how much it weighs and the circumference and the diameter yeah. and all those fun statistics on, you know, anytime you see something that's like the world's largest, there's usually some type of like a sat, stat sign, you know, signage that talks about that. So that's they're cool. keeping track of all that as they go along. Love it. And, um, you know, they started that project this past year during the uh, sesquicentennial celebration, the 150th. You said that so well, I do. It only took a year, <laughs> but uh, they they kind of commissioned that last yeah. year as a part of that, and they didn't quite get it finished last year. But it's it's rolling this year, and uh, they're they're hoping to get it done here in the um, early part of the year. If you remember, it was twenty five thousand dollars is what it's costing mm-hmm. to construct that metal sculpture. And um, they had collected over 30000 to date for that sculpture. Cool. But they had plans to, you know, it's already under construction. They'll be pouring footers to support the sculpture, doing some landscaping, donor signage, and they obviously want to put up security cameras as well for that. But if you recall, we, we talked about the current world's largest, biggest sculpture. It's in um, Raleigh, North Carolina. And that um, sculpture was uh, commissioned and Raleigh during their bicentennial in 1992. Uh, take that, Raleigh. Yeah. And um, so the city of Raleigh is nicknamed the City of the Oaks. You know, okay. the village of Oak Hill. Yep. You know, the village is the village of the Oaks there. So um, that was a little bit of update on that. I believe we might have been in, and um, they're, I don't know if it's set in stone or they are doing this, but the sculpture is going to be part of something called a high art corridor. Yes. Did we talk about that? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. So the way he talked at this meeting, that um, it sounds like that, that is going to be a part of that. And um, that showcases outdoor art in towns and communities that make up the Appalachia area of south southeast Ohio. And um, Strickland was real excited about that being on there because that's another way of driving traffic. For yeah. Us. They're hoping it to be a tourism cool. thing to drive traffic to the county and uh, to Oak Hill there. So, but they, they've not unveiled what it looks like. Um, I will okay. say, I will say I have seen a picture of like the model, but it was real small. So it was kind of hard to see. And it had been painted, you know, yeah. it just looked like a metal acorn. 
but um, you know, it'll be when it's all finished, it'll be painted and everything. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what it looks the finished product. For looks sure, like. this would be awesome. So they're going to have a special celebration to reveal that sculpture here, uh, hopefully in the next several months. Cool. They didn't have a completion date yet on that, so that's something to look forward to. Um, I'm going to touch on a few events, and we'll we'll save this other stuff for later in the week if I come back. Okay. Um. Let's see. I think Pete already touched on the prize bingo. I wanted to mention that the the City of Wellston administration has uh, discovered a grant that could potentially build a police and fire department training campus. Um, they say as it sits, there's no match for this grant, which is good. Yeah. And um, they said to be successful for the grant submission, the city needs public support and input. So they'll be having a town hall meeting. And that is scheduled for Thursday, March 7th, from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. in the Wilson City Council Chambers to discuss options. And it says the council chambers are located on the second floor of the Wilson City Building, and the public is invited and encouraged to attend that. So once again, that is March 7th. And that's the same day as the Wilson City Council meeting. That meeting is held at 7 o'clock. Okay. So they'll have this, and then they'll have the, have yeah. the council meeting there. That's awesome. Um, I know you guys had the f- musical cast for Shrek the Musical Junior in. Mm-hmm. And wanted to mention this. This came out at the school board meeting. It was announced that they will be doing a Shrekfest. 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 Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they did this last year with the musical cast. Um, it's, a, it's a pancake breakfast. I love that. Yeah, so the uh, the cast of the upcoming production, Shrek the Musical Junior, at Oak Hill High School is inviting the community to a pancake breakfast, and they're calling it a Shrekfest. And uh, it'll be held it'll be held there at the cafeteria on Sunday, March 9th, from 9 to 11 a.m. The meal will include hot cakes, sausage, milk, and juice. It's $5 per person. Okay. The event will feature... Um, all your favorite casts, including Shrek, Donkey, Princess Fiona, Lord Farquaad, and many other fairy tale misfits. There will also be activities for the children as well. And the proceeds from that event will go towards the next high school production. So they did this last year for Beauty and the Beast as well, and I think cool. they had a good turnout, so they're doing it again this year. And that's the same weekend that they are doing their production. Mm-hmm. Like their production is the 8th through the 10th. So on that Saturday, really cool. they'll have the breakfast, and then that evening, they'll, they'll have one of their production as well. So we have um, have that coming up, and uh, I believe I, I finished the story. I don't think it's been in yet to kind of um, recap that production and all the cast involved and mm-hmm. what it is, how much it is, and all that should be coming up in the upcoming edition of the Telegram. Yeah, and don't forget they have the, the dinner theater. Yes, that Friday. That Friday yeah, the as river. well, so you can... Get a dinner and a show. Yeah. And I, 25 bucks. Yeah. You get the river and you get the water right. production. It's crazy. That is a good deal. Yes. So I think, uh, I think that's it. And it looks like we're, we're at time, right? Hey, looks great. Looks good. All right. Well, want to thank you and Pete for coming in today. Um, much appreciated. Filling us in on the latest and greatest going on in our area. And um, so... We thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back here tomorrow with some more fun stuff. So we'll see you then. 
This just in. The Telegram News has a new website. TheTelegramNews.com. Same dedicated coverage. Same trustworthy news with a brand new look. Covering Jackson and Benton County and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, TheTelegramNews.com has its finger on the pulse of the community. Stay up to date on local events, high school sports, and breaking news. TheTelegramNews.com. Subscribe today at TheTelegramNews.com. Check it out.